Hello, everybody, and welcome to this, the latest episode of the Rewatch Project podcast with Hannah and Mike. Uh, this week, or this edition, I should say, we're going to be covering the eighth episode of season four of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., namely the episode The Laws of Inferno Dynamics. Before we go on, though, Hannah, how are you today? Um, I'm not too bad. I've managed to get our house clean. Our children have not driven me too crazy singing the song entitled I Am a Banana. It becomes a little grating, doesn't it? Just a tad. Yep, we've survived, we've survived the first, uh, the, sorry, the second Monday of the school holidays. Yep. Um, and... And dry July. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to talk survival. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, life's okay. So, uh, uh, um, for those keeping score, our non-alcoholic beverages this evening are, Hannah is having a uh, milkless cup of tea. Yes. And I am having a fizzy blackcurrant cordial. We are living on the edge. We are. It's absolutely, it's, uh, it's crazy up in here. Oh yes, <laughs> let us party. Let us party. Um, but we don't need to party, we just have got plenty of television entertainment to work our way through. Indeed. Um, although less than before, because as Hannah mentioned last time, a lot of our, our shows are sort of winding down for a while now. So, but uh, this benefits you guys, dear listeners, because um, I quite often just say to Mike, should we just podcast? Yeah, exactly. So, so there's sort of the, the dearth of um, new content uh, and alcohol has resulted <laughs> in us being uh, uncharacteristically prolific at the moment. Indeed. Uh, um, but yes, anyway, Hannah, do you want to tell us a little bit about the episode that we're going to be covering this Sure. Evening? Okay. Uh, synopsis says, with the lives of everyone in Los Angeles hanging in the balance, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Ghost Rider find themselves working together. It is directed by Kevin Tank Rowan and written by Paul Zibsuski. Cool. Kevin Tankerone, he's doing all right these days, isn't he? I mean, he is, yeah. He's been working on he work he's been working on Star Wars, which yeah. uh, doesn't hurt. Um and uh yeah, yeah. So uh, this this is very much a uh, a good crew of people working on this episode. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, so I mean, we'll um before we get into that, though, I just want to remind everybody how they can reach us uh, and also remind you how much we appreciate that. Um First and foremost, email is probably the best way to contact us, which you can do through rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com. So if you just want to um, send us a traditional typed email, uh, or if you want to send us a voicemail or um, uh, audio memo, or just you know hit record on your phone and email that to us, that would be just splendid. If you listen to us on YouTube, you can just leave a message uh, in the response to the episode that you want to discuss, and also like and subscribe, as is uh, the tradition to ask. And also, just a quick reminder to check out our friend shows, namely The Iron Sequel, His Film, Her Movie, Chinstroke vs. Spencer Film Bastards, Entertainment Landfill, and The Good, The Bad, and The Odd. And um, also Apple Podcasts, uh, formerly iTunes, uh, reviews would be very much appreciated. Have we got anything for on the docket this evening in those regards, Hannah? Uh, yes, we have. Um, I have some YouTube comments and an email. Mm. So I will start with the YouTube comments, um, going in <coughs> date order. Chronological, so, I like it. Um, oldest to newest. Um, so this is on The Good Samaritan, episode six. So that was the last but one yeah. episode. 
Uh, Jack Dub says, It's been great so far, but The Good Samaritan is the first undeniably classic episode of the season. The moment in the flashback where Robbie reaches up the, up to the heavens praying for both his and his brother's salvation. That's a great shot, isn't it? Instead, that kind of slow, bullet-timey looking thing. But instead ends up being figuratively pulled down into hell. Well, that's a thing of true beauty. That actually, that metaphorical level, that ascent followed by descent, actually, that hadn't occurred to me, but that's definitely there. Yeah. Um, uh, on the same episode, I have just a very small mention from Silver Surfer, um, in quote marks, I cannot abide being dissed, had me cracking <laughs> I cannot abide it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so on episode seven, deals with our devils. Jack Dubbs has said, for me, Ada is the MVP of the episode. The scenes of her creating a Doctor Strange portal to another dimension by knitting together strands of content. It is Doctor Strange. That hadn't occurred to me, actually. Yeah, it is. From a string of metal boxes. Well, it's not something you are going to be seeing on ABC's other shows like Grey's Anatomy's or The Goldbergs. It certainly isn't. Very true. Um, yeah, I love that bit too. Yeah, I've never made that connection, but it is. It's like those uh, those sort of geometric shapes, isn't it? Yep. Um, Silver Surfer on the same episode has said, "This episode has my favourite Mace line with his reaction to Mac taking off the motor- off on the motorcycle, running off against orders with no helmet. It's the first time you see he's genuinely a good guy." Yes, yes, yep. and also it's just a great line. Oh, totally, and and very Whedon-esque, I think. Yes, very, very much so. Very, yep. very Buffy-esque specifically. Yeah. Yep. Um, so thank you both for those yes. comments. Yes, so super reliable guys. Uh, we do not take your feedback for granted. We appreciate we it. We love you very and it's much. Always, uh, it's always insightful and entertaining. And again, apologies for the weather sounds that you're probably hearing. Yeah, you can probably hear the wind whistling up yes. the chimney of our fireplace. It's like the uh, black and white sequence at the beginning of Wizard of Oz up in here. Yeah. Um, okay, we have an email. Oh, okay. um, I didn't know we had an email. Entitled Next Series. It came in this afternoon. Okay. Um, hi both, Dennis from Brisbane here. I think I might be the first feedbacker you have had from this hemisphere. Oh, okay. I have been listening since nearly the beginning and love you guys and the show. I was wondering if you have decided what your next rewatch is going to be. Oh. I have heard you mention it a bunch, but please make it Babylon 5. Yeah. It's out in HD for the first time and there are no fun B5 podcasts. You would own that market if you did it. Plus, to hear you go into B5, into B5 and the detail you go into S.H.I.E.L.D. would be something else. Uh, what say you rewatch listeners? Lobby them. Thanks and speak soon, Dennis. I'm thinking he's... Thank you, Dennis. Is he the first person from this part of... I think he might be, actually. Yeah, I think he might be. I think be. it's mainly America and the UK, I, isn't it? That I honestly can't remember, um, even no. though I read the emails. Um, but, yeah, I think... I think he probably is. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Bring so. Bring it on, Dennis. We yeah. want to hear more from you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, no, I'd love to do Babylon 5. I mean, Christ, we could really... That's a show we could really sink our teeth into. Yeah. I think. Um, and I feel I feel like we're, we are, we're approaching being ready for a rewatch of that just, like, in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I think, basically, don't worry. Yeah. Um, it It is something that we are going to get to. Um, it's one of those shows like Fringe and 
Twin Peaks and Buffy. You know, that it, we'll get to at some point. I it, it may be the next one because yeah. by the time we've finished Shield, um, given that we've been doing the sorbet in between each season, it's kind of quelled the need to do something shorter to break things. I, I feel though that if we. Uh, my, my thoughts are that if we were to do something like Babylon 5 or Fringe or something like that where it's another long show, although although Babylon 5 is only five seasons, whereas this is seven, yeah. Um, I feel like we would need to either do maybe a movie series in between it or a longer sorbet. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I think it's not the same as when you're between seasons on a show and you want to get that momentum going. I think that if we were to do another TV show as the next big rewatch, I think we could probably justify maybe doing a slightly longer run of sorbets mm. um, just to stick it out. I mean, the thing about Babylon 5 is, and obviously I'd love to, they're all good points, and this sounds really bad, but cynically, I think it would be a good show for the podcast. Yeah. Because I think there is an audience out there of people who've never seen it, but who... Want to, but have never quite taken the plunge. We could do, but but also, um, I think that it's a show that isn't really catered for in the podcasting world that much. So I don't even know if this is pulling the curtain back too much, so even leaving the podcast, but it would get a lot of listeners. (laughs) And that sounds, I know that's that's shit, but you know, you want to be heard. Yeah, of course you do. Um, Um, The other thing I did think after our you know, our new best mate, um, Gabrielle Luna, commented and said he enjoyed our podcast, mm. um, that perhaps a, um, a rewatch of all the Terminator films. Yeah. Could be quite interesting. Yeah, because that's a, that's a windy series of movies, it isn't really it? It really is, yeah. Like some happen and then they're erased and then yeah. they kind of... Uh, yeah. God, how many of them? Are you, I, I, I don't even know how many of them. I mean, you've got, okay, let's work it out. You've got Terminator, Terminator 2, Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis. So, yeah, so there's six. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now they're saying that only three of those are canon. But, yeah. But the weird thing was, I remember I was talking to Paul about this on the other podcast. It's a windy franchise, and it, it's never really reached the heights of those first two movies, which are bona fide classics. It's a lot like the Alien franchise in that regard. Mm. But I don't think that any of the Terminator films are out and out bad. No. I think that they're all entertaining, fun films on some level. Mm. You know? I think what they are terming the canon... It's the James Cameron ones. Yeah. So the canon Camerons... Um, they are excellent films. The three of them, I think... I mean, obviously, the first two are Stone Cold. Yeah, because of when they came out and how... Uh, But the three of them, as a trilogy, work so well together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're fun movies. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I've not... I mean, Linda Hamilton is kind of amazing. And uh, I don't know, maybe we just do those three as a sorbet after this season. Yeah, yeah. You know? But, I mean, um, yeah... With that, that whole connection yeah yeah exactly i mean and, and yeah so i mean i i would be into that but i think i think babylon 5 is a, a, a strong contender mm. mainly just because i really want to watch it yeah <laughs> and if we're going to watch it yeah uh, i mean the other thing was as well one um suggestion that i saw somebody made make on twitter was um and we'd never do this 
but I thought it was interesting that this never occurred to me. They're like, well, why don't you do rewatch projects for shows you're just watching? Like, why don't you do a rewatch project? I know, obviously, it's not a rewatch. For Kenobi? Why don't you just, after each episode, record? Right. You know, but I think the thing there is that's a great idea, but what I don't want to have happen is I don't want to be recording my life. No. I want to be able to just watch a TV show. Yeah. You know, and uh, I get that. Um, but I think that if you're going to do a show on this, I, I think that the requirements are, it's first and foremost, something that we want to watch. Mm. But it has to be something that you can have a conversation about mm. and it has to be something that there's people out there who want to hear that conversation yeah they're the requirements basically yeah. and there's a lot of things that i would love to do to do a rewatch of or i think would be good to do but that don't meet all of three of those requirements yeah you know and so either yeah that'd be a great one to do but i don't really fancy watching it because i've seen it too recently or whatever yeah or yeah i'd love to do that but nobody would listen to it, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's you, you've got to balance those sort of things out. Yeah. But, uh, but no, yeah, Chris, sure. okay. Well, um, thank we... you, Dennis. Yes, um, thank you, Dennis. Yes, definitely. And I would like to echo what Hannah said about how um, it would be great to hear from you, particularly as you've been um, listening from the beginning. And that's really I want to point out as well is that you know there's for every person who feeds back, there's you know hundreds of listeners who aren't yeah you know so if you are one of those people who's been listening for a long time um you know break down that wall man or woman and uh you know Get drop us a like yeah We'd just love to hear from email you. us or tweet us uh, at rewatchproj i should point out i forgot to mention it earlier on uh same on instagram um we've, we've we're over a hundred subscribers on twitter now um, which is uh, which is nice. We're hanging tough at thirty five. Yeah, and we know most of them. Yeah, like Instagram. I, I don't understand it. I can work Twitter. I can make Twitter work because I understand it. But I'm got a clue about Instagram. Um, but anyway, enough of our social media woes uh, or triumphs, depending on how you look at it. Um, we will now hit pause. We will watch uh, this episode, uh, which is called "The Laws of Inferno Dynamics." And then we will return in what will be 45 minutes for us, but probably just 60 seconds for you. Um, as analogous to our love life, Hannah. <laughs> I, I would say, I'll let the listeners unravel that one. <laughs> I'll be like, what an incredible 45 minutes that was, Hannah. And she's like, well, it was the length of the, the Film Bastards promo for me, Mike. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I was playing the Film Bastards promo in my head, and then we were done. <laughs> Uh, but uh, anyway, no, enough of, uh, enough of that. Uh, we will be back to discuss this episode uh, in a non-spoiler way. So uh, speak to you soon. Swear you'll listen to the good, the bad, and the odd. The good. He has the cruelty of Jack Nicholson's Joker, the wit of Mark Hamill's Joker, yeah. and the laugh of Cesar Romero. <laughs> The bad. He's bald, he's got a cat, he lives in a volcano. What else you need? And the odd. I've seen bits of it, it's really stupid. Swear to me. Just a couple of guys talking about movies. You can find us on www.thegoodthebadandtheodd.com What a beautiful podcast so welcome back everybody we've just finished watching the laws of inferno dynamics i do like a good episode title pun oh definitely. um one of my favorite shows for episode titles is farscape because they've always got and considering the show tonally is like it's basically star trek meets buffy 
Right. Um, it's like it's total Star Trek people on the ship, aliens, you know, all that sort of stuff. But there's a little bit more humour in it than you get. And they've got insane. Like there's one episode when they're on a volcano planet, and the episode's called "Lava's a Many Splendid Thing." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, Chef's Kiss to the person who named that episode. Um, but uh, yes, so and th- that I thought of that when I saw this episode. Yeah. Uh, so this is seemingly um, the end of the uh, the Ghost Rider arc. Um, I can't remember how much crossover there is between those but as we said at the beginning of this season they do have these sort of um portions of the series of the yeah. season uh, and it definitely feels like that has um come to an end or a pause um but uh, but yes yeah, so hannah what and were your i'm pretty sure this um hits around like a season break as well what do you uh, mean it hits Oh, what, this episode? Yeah, so this was aired on the 6th of December 2016, and then the next episode wasn't until the 10th of January 2016. It's interesting you should mention that, because that web series, the Yo-Yo one, Slingshot, um, was dropped between these two episodes, so I suspect that that web series was probably dropped just before the next episode to kind of promote the season right. coming back, yeah. Because all it, what it is, because it is, it is interesting that the I did. I, I was looking on the internet about that the other day, and because I've not seen it, but it was released in like sort of four or five minute chapters, and it, mm. it's all on YouTube. And there's like some helpful people have made a like a YouTube playlist, but if you add up the running time, it's forty three minutes. Mm. So it's as though they just shot it as an episode. I don't know. I mean, all I know is that it's mainly. Mace and Yo-Yo. Well, uh, I think it should be the next one that we watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's and it's funny. These things happen. They do these sometimes. These extra episodes. I didn't realise until um, Hannah, um, because um, we're doing uh, Dry July and therefore have no joy in our lives. <laughs> uh, Hannah's been reading a little bit just to you know just to get through the hours <laughs> and so uh, so oh my god so, you make it sound like you're a couple of just, absolute just addicts to, just to just to it's funny, and I, I looked down the other day and I swear her Kindle was a blank screen and she's just she'd been staring at it for hours <laughs> it's it's my dark hole <laughs> yeah, yeah that was it she just sat there and watched the imaginary ants <laughs> climbing all over it and um but th- what that means is that I, I, I've been having some rare okay, uh, opportunities to like choose what's on the television basically there's no there's no un, un, uh, bad really, way of saying we really do have a very balanced relationship, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and and I didn't realise until that there's there's a there's an episode of Mythic Quest, a show which I've rewatched that I didn't even know existed. Oh, really? Because but they what they did was they released an episode between the seasons, but of course because I acquired the seasons, those took it literally. Right. So I'm just like, wow. And the funny thing was, I went on IMDb and checked. It's the highest rated episode of the whole, of the whole run of the show. Really? This one random episode that they filmed and released between the first and the second season is generally regarded as the best episode of the show. And I didn't even know it existed. Still, so is I'm like, wow. Is Quiz quest still on? Uh, yeah, season three starting soon. Oh, right. So, yeah, so I was just like, oh, my God, what a, what a complete bonus. Because the thing about Mythic Quest is interesting is that that was that they were filming that when... The pandemic kicked in, and it comes into the story. And it was the first show 
to out the gate that actually did it. So you actually see in the show mm. COVID start. Oh right. And they and they react to it and they do the inevitable Zoom episode and all that kind mm. of stuff. But it was the and, and I know that some shows like Parks and Rec did one and stuff after the fact. But this was one where they were literally filming it. COVID started happening and they were like and they started rewriting the episodes to re- as they were shooting them to reference the fact that COVID was happening. It's yeah. uh, it's crazy. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about this incredibly um, pun-filled uh, titled episode. So Hannah, what were your thoughts? I loved it. I thought it was so great. Um, I thought it was, like, with particular interest, I thought it was shot really well. Yes. Um, I love the bits where um, Robbie is in the quantum box or yeah. whatever it is it felt very david lynch yeah it did it with felt, the, the colors it specifically felt like recent david lynch yeah like um twin peaks like the twin, return yeah yeah kind of just like inland that. empire kind of era yeah. yeah um and like it reminded me of of that um that like you, well the box in new york in twin peaks yeah. that the people are hired to watch in case something happens i think because it felt very quiet around when they when he was talking to his uncle in those scenes it felt it did feel very lynch well also it was i was surprised by considering it was the climax of the story it was quite downbeat mm. like it it wasn't the usual big action adventure thing mm. it was quite it was people in a room talking very much so um i loved it what about you yeah i thought it was great I, and, I, and i think it's interesting how one of the things that really strikes me with um Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Rewatch is just the level of sort of elasticity they have with the structure of it. Like I've talked before about how, you know, the first season was sort of standalone, a lot of standalones, but with a hint of story arc, and then it increasingly got story arcy. As often happens, it's the classic Buffy fringe, X Files kind of yeah. model, you know. Um, and then what we've seen in this season is them start to adopt that kind of Star Trek Enterprise mini arcs mm. sort of. Uh, almost like mini series and and kind of branding those things uh, like you know yeah. I said how about in the advertising campaign it was Agents of Shield dot dot Ghost Rider and the next run of episodes I'll and, have to look it and up and you can see it with the title sequence yes got the exactly yeah and, and yeah. I know that the next run of episodes had a name as well um, and it's a little bit like I suppose what they did with Babylon Five because Babylon Five was the first um, American TV show as far as I know where the episodes have names, but each of the seasons of Babylon 5 has got a name. Mm. So it's almost as though each season is a book and the first season is called, you know, Signs and Portents. Yeah. And then the individual episode names are the chapters, yeah. you know? And so it feels like they're doing that. But the, So I was aware of all of that. But this episode felt like it took it a step further in the way that you... Because it felt like a climax like to the point where you know you've got the sort of the end of the Ghost Rider storyline you've got Daisy returning to the team you've got them all sitting around drinking beer so there's a f- mm. sort of that sort of fraternal it's sense it's got a finality to it it has yeah. but because obviously you know you're only like uh, you know less than halfway through the season um, and they've already been laying track with the Ada stuff and a mm. couple of other little bits and pieces some of the stuff with Mace and the subterfuge with and the politics of the humans and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's in this episode when you realise actually how much that stuff 
has taken root. So it's not as simple as, oh, we're going to do a story arc and then we're going to do another one. It's what you realise is that it's it's almost like a new form of storytelling in that they're doing that, but that they're doing a third thing mm. as well, this kind of weird... Um, there's, there, it feels like the season still does have an overall storyline, but there's a kind of skin of a storyline over different parts of the season. Yeah. So it's, it's 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 really hard to explain because I haven't really seen it done that much. Um, but I think it's a really interesting way. Of, it's a cake and eat it kind of approach, mm. um, and it must have took a lot of planning. Um, okay. Like, and it's quite brave of them as well because they got screwed over a little bit in the last season with behind the scenes issues with this type of storytelling. They'd have been fucked if oh, they'd had to have like like if um, you know the guy who played Mace or Robbie turned out to not be working or be problematic or something like that. Yeah. So many things were in place with you've got this story, you've got the individual episode, then you've got the longer story arc that that's part of, then you've got the entire season which has its own kind of meta story arc, mm. and then you've got the show. And if you have one element of that, it's a real house of cards. Yeah. Um, so that was the thing that impressed me about this episode was just how much they were doing structurally as well as the performances and just all of the usual stuff that's good about the show. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I thought it was great. I think this season um, is is just such a masterclass in what can be done with network TV. Yeah, yeah. You know. And the thing is, it's using network TV to its advantage. It's not like, oh, well, you know, we'll do what we can with it. What it's doing is one of the things that network TV does really well is that sense, that familial sense, because these people are in your house every week mm. you know that's why people loved the Waltons yeah. and loved Friends and you know it's that kind of collegial kind of thing yeah. and you don't get that with a TV show that has 10 episodes a year no you know it's difficult to get that and that's why I think there's people are starting to realise that a little bit like Strange New Worlds is a really good example of that that only had a 10 episode season but they shot season 1 and 2 back to back so really it's actually a 20 episode season they're just marketing them as different seasons and having a slightly longer gap between them than they would with a mid-season one right. so it's a bit potato and potato at that mm. at that point um so i think that they are starting to realize sorry i love a bit of potato. <laughs> marshed potato marshed potato <laughs> i think you're fine and barked potato <laughs> but um what about raw ass <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was that what, sorry raw ass oh, potato. what about potatoes bravas <laughs> but no um so it is how you say it though isn't it uh, no <laughs> What are you going to say? Potatoes bravas? No, potato bravas. <laughs> John Shaft. Okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> but um, so should we get into the yes, the the, the breakdown it. as it were? Um, okay, so we open up with uh, Eli and his crew. Um, he makes a dude spew diamonds as well, so he's looking to, uh, you know, and it's, it's a macabre moment where he's saying to everyone, look, you know, you can have all the diamonds you want, but you'll have to, like, cut them out of his lungs. I'd just like to say there were no diamonds on the floor left anywhere. I think oh, those, they did it. Those uh, sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. And um, 
and what we can see is that he's creating something. He's, he's, he's working on something in a sort of similarish way to how Ada was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see road closures in LA, so it's all getting a bit apocalyptic. It's all getting a bit sort of end of Ghostbusters kind of uh, vibe. Yeah. Um, we see Shield on the scene and the media as well. So all of this is happening in tandem with the kind of PR, um, you know, reveal of um, of Shield kind of returning as a thing. And Director Mace being an Inhuman and yes. that kind of thing. Uh, I, I like the fact as well that when um, Mace is having a meeting, he, see, he gets to say that I'd love just once in my life to be in a situation where I can turn around to somebody and say, give us the room. <laughs> <laughs> but... But I know if I did that, people would be like, what? What, 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 do you, what do you mean? I feel like that's something that'll probably happen when one of our teenage kids gets in trouble. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Give us the room. I'll, but, I'll look at you and I'll go, Michael, you can say it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm, I want to be able to start calling, calling uh, you know, okay, people, you know that. <laughs> We're in the eye of the storm, people. Um, so May says, give me the room. And basically, he, he wants to use Ada for the mission, but he because they tell him about it. But he's kind of horrified because of obviously this, the Sokovia records and how fresh the PR nightmare of um, Ultron and all the stuff that's happened. The One thing I did think in the scene is Mace is kind of like um, a human representation of... Uh, the audience, like uh, well, of of Marvel, Marvel reminding Marble. you, Marvel, <laughs> uh, Marvel reminding you that um, there are films as well. Yeah, how he kind of goes. Does nobody remember Ultron? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, It's just like just remember these things are connected. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. I I I love how they do that without like bashing you over. The well, I mean, and it makes sense that he would be the one doing it as well because of what's going on in the Marvel Universe is you are seeing a sort of politicisation um, of the world, yeah. you know. And I think that they... It would be impossible of them not to be referencing that. It would be a, why aren't you mentoring, mentioning law when you found another data kind of thing? Yeah, like a, yeah you know, 100%. Um, you know, they almost kind of have to. It's like... Um, no, it's a spoiler, I'm not going to say that. There's, there's a later thing in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that they reference that they had to. Basically, he wants Ada involved in the mission, but then we'll dismantle it. And the thing I'm starting to notice here is I think there's a theme about um, kind of using people and the expendability of it. Like, Robbie, they'll use when it's convenient. Yeah. But like the only reason why Robbie and Daisy have been given a pass by the man is because they can do stuff that no one else can do. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know whether you could, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say this lightly, but you, you could compare that to slavery mm. uh, or uh, the disproportionately large number of African-Americans that served in Vietnam and mm. this idea of disposable people, mm. you know. And I think that what you see with Eli as well is there's, I don't think know if it's necessarily an ethnic or a racial thing. It's certainly a class thing, yeah. and those two things are kind of um, linked. You know, you can't. Yeah. But there is an idea that um, Eli represents the frustration of the underdog. Mm. You know, the frustration of the person who's done everything by the book, but still hasn't 
got the rewards that he's seen um, the you know his counterparts, his counterparts. Yeah. and if you look at Lucy and her husband they're very kind of you know white bread oh you know? very much so um, yeah so I think there's an element of uh, I tried doing it the right way, you know, <laughs> and I think that Ada, as a you know artificial intelligence who is treated as less than human, um, is and that's a classic sci-fi. Th- I mean, they make a reference to Philip K. Dick, you know, with do androids oh, dream of electric, electric sheep? sheep you yeah. know, yeah. Um, I remember Blade running to Philip K. Dick move. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, so basically, he, he wants her in the mission, but essentially says that they're going to dismantle. Well, he, that they'll dismantle her afterwards. Yeah. Um, he's worried about the PR, basically, of Robbie and Daisy, and you know the timing of it all. Um, and and like all things with Mace, you kind of don't like it, but you get it. You know, yeah, it, it makes absolutely. sense. Absolutely, he's. Um you know, he's doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. And we get a little bit more kind of smiley flirty between May and Coulson where they, they keep talking about, oh, we'll have that bottle when we get back. And it feels a lot like um, the the coitus interruptus of Simmons and uh, and Fitz where they were just getting together and then she gets uh, sucked off down a hole, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, and also the classic, I'll tell my wife I love her when I get back. It's got that... You, we know that film grammar so much that the intention of that scene is to make you think shit something's going to happen yeah. you know because uh, these two are never going to you know be able to have have any luck um, there's a nice little bit of banter between Robbie and Mac with the whole balaclava batter dessert it's oh, kind yeah. of conversation <laughs> um and, um, Do you know I made baklava for my whole class when I was 12. baklava? Is that how you pronounce it? I thought it baklava. Was, I thought it was baklava. No, it's baklava. Baklava. Yeah. So how do you pronounce balaclava? Balaclava. <laughs> John Shaft wearing a balaclava, not, eating potato. They're not, <laughs> <laughs> they're not related words. No, I know they're not. But they, I mean, they're. they're I have. I have a. Um, just, just do you say falafel or, or falafel? <laughs> I'd like to falafel. Falafel. A falafel. 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 I'm confusing myself now. Yeah. <laughs> well, my old dance teacher is Armenian Greek. Yeah. Um, it's baklava. Baklava. Very much oh, so. Oh, wow, okay. Um, but I made it for my whole class at school when I was 12. Yeah. It's very, very sweet. That is the only takeaway I have from well, it. So those kids all went home, kind of juiced up on your, uh, yeah, it's, it's your baklava. Loads and loads of honey and nuts and phyllo pastry, basically. Yeah. Colin, okay, um, whip some up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, munch on that into the microphone for the rest of the show. Uh, we see Yo-Yo run down what turns out to be a booby-trapped corridor. Um, and again, Yo-Yo is just like she's the most useful member of a team because they find ways of making Quake's powers useful. But it's often, but often it's a bit of a push. Yeah. They're kind of like, okay, quake your way out of this. Like I always remember Paul, my other show host, talking about we're talking about the TV series Manimal, and how he'd always turn into shit animals. <laughs> but we, I couldn't remember any examples, and Paul was just like, "What?" So it's like, Manimal, they're robbing a bank. I oh, don't turn into a fucking whale. What's the use of that? <laughs> like some big whale in front of a bank going. <laughs> Manimal, you bloody useless. Turn into like a panther or something. <laughs> Um, so Mace asks Radcliffe about the book and he's showing a bit of an interest in it as well the ring of power I mean if anybody was going to get corrupted and I'm not saying this from any kind of point of memory then you know Mace is somebody who potentially could be a a little bit kind of uh, 
power thrall Randy, if yeah. he came down to it, I'd imagine. And um, Robbie finds the tech that Eli is working on. Um, and it's um, basically it's, it's you know full of quantum energy. Uh, Robbie goes into the box, and Eli tells him to go home, and then conjures up some carbon. His signature move, yeah. uh, and stabs him, and keeps him sort of you know stuck in a sort of state of crucifixion inside this uh, quantum energy box. You feel like um, saying, "How am I supposed to go home now?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Didn't give much of a chance. Yeah, yeah. What we also learn is that ultimately it's uh, it's kind of a doomsday machine. It's like because he's working his way through the periodic table. Mm. And the you know the 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 dark inevitable uh, conclusion of that is plutonium. Helium, lithium, beryllium, boron, carbon, So he tells him um, about the drive-by, and as you and I were um, had surmised, it was meant for him. Eli says he never meant for any of this to happen. You can see a little bit of his humanity comes through, and this is where he starts to talk about the condescension of his sort of science peers and this is where i think this the the frustration of the the i think underprivileged is mm. probably the word you know because you know we talk about white privilege and all this mm. kind of stuff and it always cracks me up when people go and i said this in my you know earlier dumber years where it'd be like well you know i've never got had any hand handouts i've never had any special privilege because i'm white it's kind of like yeah, that's the thing about white privilege. You don't notice it happening. No, exactly. You only notice it when you don't have it. Yeah. And you're not getting shit, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I think underprivileged is a word that we've kind of... We've forgotten the meaning of it. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're poor. It doesn't mean that you've gone without. It means that everything is harder for you. Yeah. Basically. And... That's why I think... You're basically trying to do it with one hand tied behind your back the whole time. And that's why I say this isn't necessarily an ethnic story as such, Mm. but I think that that they were wise to tell this through the lens of this community because, let's be honest, if you are underprivileged in America, there's a very good chance that, that one of the reasons why that might be is socioeconomic. Yeah. And just not being in the country club, being part of the country club, you know? And there's a lot of reasons why that might be, but race is just unquestionably one of them, you know? Mace, this is where we we get that little bit about electric sheep as well. Um, Mace wants to be seen in action as well. So I think basically what he's realised is is that it's time for his his big PR moment. Uh, You know, he's got his nice little... And he wants to be out there doing... Doing he wants work. to, you know, be kind of cosplay Captain America and, yeah. you know, do all that kind of stuff. He's, uh, he's into it. Yeah. And, it, and it's a little bit like, you know, how you'll see, you know, military men, in films at least, and TV shows. And I say men because it is usually men in the, in these scenarios, or at least until, you know, recently. And um, you'll, you know, they'll, they'll become a pen pusher. And like Tom Cruise in the new Top Gun movie, it's kind of like he just wants to get back out in the sky. You know, yeah. it's that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, he, um, he wants to send Yo-Yo in again. Yo-Yo's another one of those when you need her, yeah. you know. And she, she comes from, a part of her story is a minority story, you know. Yeah. And um, Well, she's, originally, she's using her... In human powers to as a freedom um, fighter combat yeah things going on locally to her or, yeah. or nationally and you know you most. could you could be you could be mean and say oh that's a cliche or that's stereotyping you know the kind of the fight the power or that kind of stuff 
But at the but same time, it's t- kind of a cliche for a reason, you know. Exactly, and no, well, that's so, the thing. That's the complexity yeah. of cliches. But also, what I would say is that it's important to remember that this is a kind book. This is yeah. broad stroke storytelling, yeah. where um, everything is writ large and extra colourful. Mm. What I would say, though, is that I think it's pretty unquestionable that the motivations of um, the show come from a good place. A good yeah. place from the perspective of a... From, I consider myself to be kind of centre-left, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the view of the show. Yeah. Of the, well, I suppose it is, you know, it, it, it is made by the Liberal media, isn't it? So, of oh course, uh, those guys, uh, or us guys. Um, actually, no, I'm not in the media. Damn, I'm liberal. I've got the good politics bit. I just don't have the talent or success <laughs> to, uh, to uh, be considered oh, something me. Oh, my, my mama thinks I'm handsome. <laughs> Um, so um, our son is absolutely going to be able to say that to people. Yeah, yeah. So I'm forever telling he him will. how gorgeous he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't care. My mum thinks I'm handsome. <laughs> Matt gets all pissed off when they want to send Yo-Yo in, and she's she's getting pissed off with him because she feels that he's trying to uh, you know white knight her a little bit. Yeah. Um, Simmons tells Daisy about the um, the oh uh, the the inhuman that Mace has. I thought that was a typo and it was meant to be inhuman race because I'm like, Simmons tells Daisy about the inhuman Mace. (laughs) (laughs) You're on fire. I I just can't read. I don't understand my own notes. Um, But no, sorry, she tells him about the the inhuman that she she got to go and see and work on with the whole sort of mysterious uh, clandestine operation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Daisy and Mace confront him about his secrets. Um, sorry, Daisy and Coulson confront Mace about his secrets. Um, and then basically what they realised was, was that he was trying to protect S.H.I.E.L.D. from the press. And I like the fact that Mace is kind of like, listen here, assholes. I'm, I'm not in the wrong here. Yeah. I'm, I am, you know, trying to be the team that triumphs. The no only thing is on board with The me. only thing he did wrong, though, is he, from a manager perspective, he knows Coulson. And he should have known that by keeping Colson completely in the dark, that that would cause problems. Yeah, and, but and, but, and you know, technically, he doesn't have to tell Colson anything. But Colson does the same with Daisy in earlier seasons. Yeah, no, absolutely, because the story required that. You know, yeah, and uh, and you know, Colson a little bit needs to realise that he isn't running the show. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Another thing that we learn is that all of this shady shit that's going on that the reason that, um, at least as, as Mace is presenting this, and again, I can't remember the outcome of this, so this may or may not be, you know, genuine, is that the, the, this, you know, senator and all this other this other group mm. um, have this stuff going on, and he's not in cahoots with them. It's just that he wants to take a look, and the only way of doing that is loaning Gemma out and yeah. getting involved Um kind of almost from a consultancy kind of perspective, you know? It's almost seeing it from the, quote marks, greater good yes, perspective. Yes. That reminds me, actually, that's one thing that we need to do in our um, Between Seasons 1 is um, the Marvel one-shots. Yeah. Uh, I keep forgetting about that. Um, oh, we'll do it in the next Sorbo. Yeah. Um, so, and then, and then you start to see... Um, Mace become despondent and say we're not a team at all you know uh, and feeling like he's failed Um, Coulson goes to Eli and you see him bring the chain with him he tells Eli that he's not creating matter that he's basically stealing it and and 
as a side effect of that creating a rift which is um, very dangerous mm. um, Ada's doing her thing her sort of um, you know science witchcraft mm, thing love of loves and uh, yep and uh, we see Daisy trying to absorb the quakes uh, and then you see Colson say all seems going hot and you get a cool little bit of kind of John Wickish stuff uh, from I love May. the sequence of Yo-Yo changing the angle of everyone's guns and yeah, stuff. Yeah, swapping some of them yeah, out. swapping things around to get everyone... Giving people wedges as yeah. <laughs> she words past them. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Strictly. She'd be like grabbing a guy's hand and putting it on the guy next to his bottom. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like... Hey, you'd just be like, you're going to have some explaining to do. Um, yeah, so we get Yo-Yo going around and doing her kind of like, you know, super fast stuff. Uh, we see Ada get shot. Um, we see Mace in his costume, and uh, the uh, and then we see the, the Ghost Rider fights through and uh, takes Eli with him. And the symbolism's there, although it's not literally. It's you know, it's he's dragging him to hell. Basically, yeah. is the kind of the uh, the visual metaphor, if yeah. not literal story point. Mm. We see that Ada's in pain and is bleeding because the whole idea was that because she's an infiltration model, you know, she could get injured or tortured, and she needs to be able to preserve the secrets of, yeah. of, of herself and um but and you see radcliffe seems to be genuinely kind of feeling bad and like shit i'm really sorry you know i gave you pain mm. and now you're having to experience it you know yeah we see that the press come and daisy becomes a heroine because mace comes in Definitely and basically fold. says that she saved us all and he whispers just go with it mm. uh we see um Daisy saying that you know the car the the, the 69 does charge and now belongs to Gabe mm-hmm. um and they talk about our oh, I think saying, we'll, we'll see I think we'll yeah. see Robbie again and that's basically Don't write him off just yet. that feels like it's saying to the audience yeah okay yeah. That, that's not the end to of the story continued. yeah yeah um so um Daisy and Colson have a conversation he says look if you don't want to be an agent we can work something out and she says, there's a few things that I've missed. You see Yo-Yo getting all pissed off with Mac, but they end up kissing. And I love the look on Daisy and Colson's face when they, she's like, you're going to meet them. And um, they all go and have a beer. Um, Simmons gets her lanyard. Sorry, Daisy Mace gets her lanyard back. Lanyard. Mace wants to keep Rad- the Radcliffe, um, Radcliffe's program alive, uh, with, but with S.H.I.E.L.D. supervision. Uh, and Radcliffe looks a bit pissed about the fact that all of his um, information is going to be seized, even though he's seen, <laughs> but he well, not not pissed, just a bit kind of like. Oh, but you can God. see him recalibrating. He's like, right, okay, so I want to kind of do. This. Yeah. And it's funny actually. I'm I'm reading a book at the moment um, about uh, called Space Race, which is about Werner von Braun, mm. the um, the German uh, rocket scientist who, um, at the end of World War Two, was spirited away from the Nazis by. Um, the American government and basically created the American space program mm. and um, it feels like um, characters like um, Radcliffe and gosh I can't believe I can't remember his name the John Noble character in Fringe Walter Walter Bishop mm. uh, feel very much like they come from that Werner von Braun that kind of where it's all about the science yeah. and it's almost, it's apolitical. Yeah. You know, like Werner von Braun, he was in the Nazi party, but he always said he didn't give a shit about the Nazis yeah. and their agenda and their kind of, you know, Aryan dream. Mm. They were just signing the checks and he wanted to build his rockets, this thing that he'd been obsessing about since he was 10 years old. Mm. Uh, and he wanted to make spaceships, but no, you know, there was no space program. And then, yeah. then America came along and he's like, right, okay, I'll go over to you guys now and do it. Yeah, you know, yeah. And it was really controversial in America that they had this, you know, this Nazi, but they were like, he's not really a nut. But then, you know, 
at the same time, there's complexity, there's moral complexity because, you know, the prisoners still of war... Being, he's still being part of a party well, pr- killed His rockets people. were being made by Jewish prisoners of war in prison yeah. camps. Yeah. And he knew that. Yeah. You know, but he was like, well, it would be happening anyway. Mm. And there's all of this rationalisation that people do where it's this... The it scientific was. muse is a seems to be this dangerously obsessive thing. It is. It's, uh, it's selfish. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but then the added complexity is wonderful things can come from it uh, and absolutely. terrible. But you know, yeah. like the, the irony is, is that the, the very same technology that was used to kill people in World War Two is the same technology that takes us to the stars and could be our salvation. Yeah, you know. Um, but, is the science evil? Is the it's yeah? It's it's a, it's a complex thing. But what we see is um, we see Ada uh, snapping necks, and she's got May prisoner as well. And then we see uh, kind of um, you know Battlestar Galactica style um, her walking around, um, obviously as a um, you know a decoy mm. uh, android and, in the final scene. You- you're and they're having the drinks. Starting to wonder when the transfer happened. Yeah. Like I'm assuming, uh, like I can't During remember. The fight. But I'm assuming well, it's the... when she went to get Ada. You know, um, she had to go and collect her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the mission. I'm yeah. assuming it was then, but I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, I'm sure that will be answered at some point. Yes. Um, any final thoughts, Anna? Oh, just bring it on. It's so fucking good. Yeah, looking forward to the next one. Um, okay, so quick reminder to everybody, if you would like to send us feedback, please do so at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com or you can um, message us via the uh, YouTube comments or you can reach out to us via social media on Instagram and Twitter at rewatchproj. Reviews on Apple Podcasts appreciated and please check out our friend shows. Uh, what are we talking about next time, Hannah? Um, so I think we will do the... Slingshot. Um, the Slingshot web series. I don't think we have a huge amount to say about that, so I'm just wondering whether maybe we watch that um, and an episode. Yeah. And then talk about that. Because I think the Slingshot thing, although it's 40 minutes, I get the, uh, the impression I get is that it's quite slight. Right. Um, well, I mean, we'll after we've watched it, we can always change our mind and decide we've got plenty to talk about. Yes, but, yeah. Um, but if we do do an episode, which I, I'm assuming we probably will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the next episode is called Broken Promises. Um, the synopsis says, Though Coulson and May are growing closer, Coulson remains unaware of the dark secret May is hiding beneath the surface. Meanwhile, Ada is unrelenting in her search for the dark hold. Um, it is directed by Gary A. Brown and written by Brent Fletcher. Splendid. Okay. A couple of familiar are. names. All right. So that's us for this. For I've got to stop saying this week. That's such a habit. Uh, that's us for this part given, of this week. Given that we recorded three episodes last week. Yeah. 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 Um, we're, we're smashing yeah. it, aren't we? Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. Well, that's us for now. <laughs> uh, and we will see you very soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.